Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 930 in 716. This vaping is a public health crisis. It is affecting our young people. Vaping under attack. And now the tobacco company goes into the vaping business and targets young people and markets to young people with a product that might actually be more dangerous than a cigarette. Cigarette didn't kill you in year one. We know it's in our shampoo, we know it's in our, our moisturizer, we know it's in our lip balm, but we don't know what's in those, in those e-cigarettes, and we know that some of those ingredients are harmful. The industry fights back. I think it's time we ask, why has the Erie County of Department of Health never checked businesses in Erie County to see if they're selling to minors. Now we have to lose our business and we have to lose our jobs because the Department of Health didn't do theirs. But perhaps it's not what we should be going after to begin with. If we attack the mental illness issues first, I think we'll get to the I think we'll get to the the symptoms which I would call vaping. I'm Tim Wenger on 9:30 and 7:16. New York reports the state has seen its first reported death linked to vaping. This vaping is a public health crisis. It is affecting our young people. Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo says the October 4th death of a 17-year-old male from the Bronx was reported Tuesday to the State Department of Health. Cuomo says the teenager was hospitalized in early September for a respiratory illness related to vaping. Federal officials say at least 18 people have died and over 1,000 have been sickened due to vaping-related illnesses. Uh, It has been marketed to young people. The federal government should act. The president had talked about taking action. I don't know how many people have to die before he takes action, but the state is already taking aggressive action. Uh, We've moved to ban flavored uh, e-vaping, et cetera. It's now pending in the courts, but we had our first uh, death and the State Department of Health is investigating the details of it. But uh, parents have to know Young people have to know you are playing with your life when you play with this stuff. And it's not just best case scenario for vaping. You get addicted to nicotine. And that is a lifelong struggle. Uh, I can tell you as a person who was young and stupid uh, and smoked, it is an addiction that you will fight for your entire life. That's best case. Worst case is you vape and it kills you. That's the worst case. That you buy a product, you don't know what it is, it's not regulated, it's not tested, you don't know what vaping is, nobody studied the effect of steam in your lungs with these chemicals, and you drop dead. That's the worst case. And all of this is illegal. 
All the sale to minors, this is all illegal. But it is everywhere. And these companies know exactly what they're doing because they market to young people. When you are selling bubble gum and Scooby-Doo flavor, you know exactly what you're doing. You are targeting young people, which is illegal for cigarette manufacturers, by the way. And some of these vaping companies are owned by tobacco companies. We went all through that with cigarettes. All those people had to die before we, we found the truth. And now the tobacco company goes into the vaping business and targets young people and markets to young people with a product that might actually be more dangerous than a cigarette. Cigarette didn't kill you in year one. These vaping products, 1,000 cases. There is a lot of confusion, and I'm convinced now that this confusion is by design to intentionally confuse the public. Andrew Osborne, owner of Vapor Trail in Buffalo and with the New York State Vapors Association, is fighting back the calls to ban vape flavors and target all vaping consumers. And now we have a true situation on our hands where lives are at stake. People are dying, and our governor is lying. What exactly do you think is, you mentioned confusion out there. When you hear about a vaping-related death, where do you think the confusion is in that? Well, I think it's simple. You guys had a a story yesterday about the Siena poll that proves that they've confused the public. And yesterday on your program, you were talking about how the vaping epidemic is reaching levels as as much as the opioid epidemic, and at the same time, downplaying marijuana. Marijuana is seen as the least from a list of, of problems here. Marijuana products are what is killing people. This young person in the Bronx who died, they died from marijuana. It's already been proven, and the governor went on TV yesterday and blamed it on vaping products with nicotine. He didn't say a word about illegal, illicit products. Yeah, he didn't. Uh, You're right on that point. Um, Now, Assemblywoman Monica Wallace, she is out, and she talked to us earlier this morning. She says she's not in favor of a ban, but she wants more disclosure, like ingredients listed. Do you already do that? Well, first of all, I appreciate any support from the legislature because we've been working with them for years on sensible regulations. But the fact is, by the time they get back to work in January, all of these businesses will be gone and this entire industry will be decimated. And I think it's very disingenuous of our New York State legislators to look at putting a law into place at the state level that already has existed at the federal level for years. A comprehensive ingredient listing is on the side of every bottle of product that is sold in every vapor store in America because that is already required by the FDA. And when they get on TV and they say things like, we don't know what's in this product, that is a lie. The FDA can look up any product on the market in their own system and see every single ingredient and know what is in that product. But now Monica Wallace said that the State Department of Health doesn't get that information. Why not? I don't know. I honestly don't know. And I think that's very unfortunate that the FDA would not work together with the State Departments of Health. But I think it's clear that the State Department of Health isn't working together properly with the County Department of Health. We had the County Department of Health in our store for the first time in 10 years. 
they decided to come around and check if we were selling to minors. I think it's time we ask, why has the Erie County of Department of Health never checked businesses in Erie County to see if they're selling to minors? Now we have to lose our business and we have to lose our jobs because the Department of Health didn't do theirs. Do you find this as kind of a case of lawmakers making laws and talking about something that they really don't know too much about? I can't imagine many of the members of the Assembly or State Senate having firsthand experience with vaping. First of all, that's, that's not true. We have been interacting with these people for years, and we have been interacting with Governor Cuomo's office for years. For them to act like they don't know what's going on is also a lie. When the governor said yesterday, a cigarette doesn't kill you in year one, what is he saying there? He's telling people who are using vapor products to stay smoke-free that they would be better off smoking cigarettes. Guys, I think the writing is on the wall with this. They're doing anything and everything that they can to ensure that vapors will go back to smoking and to ensure that our youth will take up smoking instead of vaping. Why do you think that is? Paying tobacco tax dollars. It's as simple as that. New York State is fragile, and they depend greatly on tobacco tax dollars, and this is an effort to get everyone back into the tax system and paying to kill themselves. And so the cigarette industry is untouchable because of the tax dollars that they bring in? Well, the master settlement agreement in the late 90s makes it so that the federal government can never ban the sale of cigarettes. They made an agreement with the big tobacco companies to say that, so that they cannot ban cigarettes. It's not an option for governments of any level. And so the only option they have is to use cigarettes as a way to fund their budgets. And that is sad, that they are putting the lives of New Yorkers at risk, and they are lying to the public in the interest of protecting their tobacco tax dollars. And I'm proud to say that this industry is standing up in court to fight this, because not only is it illegal, but it is very disingenuous that the government of New York State is guiding people towards very poor health decisions. New York State lawmakers now taking action, legislation being introduced. Uh, Yes, so I have introduced legislation along with a colleague in the Senate, which would require e-cigarette manufacturers to disclose the ingredients in those products to the New York State Department of Health. Assemblywoman Monica Wallace looking to have the ingredients listed on all vape flavors. The legislation would also require that the products be labeled with those ingredients so that consumers know what's in them. You know, we, we know what's in our shampoo, we know what's in our, our moisturizer, we know what's in our lip balm, but we don't know what's in those ingredients. But we don't know what the, what's in those e-cigarettes, and we know that some of those ingredients are harmful. And so this legislation would essentially require consumers to be advised of what is in those products before using them. But Monica, vaping shop owners tell us they already do that. So I, at the federal level, there is a requirement that they be disclosed to the federal government, but there's no requirement that, that, that the ingredients be disclosed to the New York State Department of Health. And there might be some voluntary compliance with, there might be some voluntary disclosure of the ingredients, but there's no mandatory disclosure of ingredients. So this would not only 
provide the information to the New York State Department of Health, but would also require that the in, that there be labeling, which is not required right now. Well, what would be the difference between uh, giving this information to the FDA and giving it to New York State? So New York State has regulatory oversight as well. So the federal government has been criticized as essentially having a regulatory failure in oversight. I mean, there really hasn't been a lot of, we're seeing a proliferation of these products. They're being allowed to be uh, advertised as not harmful when, in fact, you know, we're seeing mounting evidence that they are. Um, so this would give the states the authority to regulate these products as well. And so, for example, uh, there was one study that found a substance that was contained in e-cigarettes, which is banned in certain states as harmful, um, and the federal government really isn't doing anything about the fact that this is in those products. So at least New York State and states would know what's in those products so that they themselves can decide whether they want to take any regulatory action with regard to specific chemicals found in those products. Doesn't it sound like it's a turf battle between the state and feds over which one is going to, you know, regulate this this uh, whole industry? There are many occasions when the states regulate things that the federal government regulates as well. You know, we regulate chemicals that are found in food. We regulate chemicals that farmers can use on products. There's, there's many instances where the federal government has parallel uh, authority to regulate differently than, than the, uh, the states. I'm sorry. Can, so the federal government can impose a floor, but the states can always regulate above that. So that's really what this is looking at. You know, let's see what's in these products. And let's, um, let's see if New York State wants to provide additional oversight. I mean, the fact of the matter is, we have a vaping epidemic. One in four, or maybe as many as one in three teenagers admit to vaping. And that, you know, in just two years, the rate has doubled of teenagers who are using these products. And we know that these products are harmful. They have carcinogens in them. They have metals like lead and nickel. And they have nicotine, which we know is harmful for developing brains. It it interferes with learning, brain development, memory, attention span. So, you know, whatever we can do at the state level to try to address that, I think we have an obligation to do. You call it an epidemic, and a lot of people agree. And where I feel like there should be common ground on this, and something we've heard from vape owners, um, is just this fact that we're regulating uh, right now uh, vaping products to basically take most of them off of the market when you're talking about uh, eliminating flavored vapes here in New York State. Yet, you're still allowed to sell cigarettes and flavored uh, cigars and things like that. And if we really cared about it, I mean, how much more evidence do we need that cigarettes can kill people? Why are they still on the shelves and we're so focused right now on vaping? Well, so nothing about this legislation would ban vaping. This is just more providing information to consumers so that they know what they're consuming. So, um, and, and, you know, I think one of the things that this legislation is aimed at doing is really raising awareness of the harmfulness of these products. If you look at these products, you can see all of the ingredients in them and maybe think twice about whether you're going to use them. Um, and if you, you know, one of the things I would like to stress is, you know, hopefully anybody who's listening to this story who has children will be talking to their children about how dangerous these products are. We, we don't know the long-term impact of them. So they've been allowed to be marketed as, you know, a safe alternative to smoking, but we don't, have any long, we don't have any long-term studies to prove that. And with all the focus on vaping and targeting youth, you'd think school district administrators would list vaping as a top priority. 
Mark Laurie with Niagara Falls Schools is more concerned about the umbrella issue of mental illness, but he does see vaping as a rapidly rising trend and epidemic. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to say about three years ago, two to three, three, three or four years ago, I, I would think that this uh, maybe just a tad longer. And uh, at that time, it was looked at as an alternative to smoking and an alternative to other uh, other forms of addiction and uh, other forms of nicotine. And then it has just really become an epidemic that, that we see no end to. And just, just looking at the, the amount of advertising and the amount of talk about it in the news, it's, uh, it's kind of... It's kind of crazy how just when you think you've gotten your handle on, you got a handle on something, something else pops up. It's, it's, it's really, uh, it's, right now when you walk into the school, it's almost like you have to put your phone in a box if you have something with vaping in a box uh, before you can even get to your first class. But it, it's the, the, the tenor and focus of schools has changed so dramatically in the last five to ten years. It's not even like something that, that you would recognize if you hadn't been in school in, in, in the recent future. Wow. Uh, you had mentioned that vaping is, is not really the top priority. What is the top priority? What is the biggest issue you're dealing with? Yeah, we're dealing with, we're dealing with, it's, it's the topic that we talked about first. So we're dealing with so many kids with mental health issues, so many kids with uh, instances of depression and anxiety and thoughts of suicide and hopelessness. And uh, uh, th- that really is uh, why we felt like we had a great grant application and why we've earned the, the right to receive that grant, uh, because without that support, uh, we were really climbing it up, uh, truly an uphill battle. Uh, and not to say that vaping isn't happening or isn't a concern, but if we attack the mental illness issues first, I think we'll get to the, I think we'll get to the, the symptoms which I would call vaping. Thursday on WBEN's A New Morning, discerning the differences between characterizations that vaping is a public health crisis to that of the health crisis from tobacco-related illnesses. That's 9.30 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.